The number one question when it comes to the platform is how many DSPs should I use? <laughs> you can start a campaign the same way, which is entering your advertiser campaign, budget, flight, and then your tactics in all DSPs, no matter what. What exactly is non-negotiable for your team? Inventory, measurement, transparency, tracking, targeting capabilities, creative upload is, I think it's one of them that you should consider. UI friendliness, uh, resources from the DSP. If it's hard to get a touch with your DSP support team, I think that's something that should help you make a decision. But then you think about the social landscape. The research and data is hugely significant. When we combine all of these different touch points. Build that long-term loyalty. And then diving into the clicks to leads to sales. It's gotten to a point where it can drive better results than audience targeting. And really is what's going to set you apart. You're tuning in. You're tuning in. You're tuning in to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. Hello and welcome to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm on the education and development team at StackAdapt. And today we have a very special guest and a very special episode centered around building the next gen media team. Now, typically we showcase agencies that work with StackAdapt or partners that we have. But on this episode, I'm really excited to welcome in Ellen Parker, who is an independent consultant, an industry vet, and most importantly, a programmatic guru. As always, we're going to have our guests introduce themselves. So, Ellen, Please tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, and some of your areas of expertise. Oh my gosh. Well, Matt, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is exciting. I'm a big fan of StackAdapt's content in general. So for those who don't know me yet, thank you for having me. Thank you for spending some time with us. I'm Ellen Parker, and I've been working in the programmatic advertising industry for like close to 10 years. I started way back when as a trader, and my expertise is definitely trading, media buying activation, building up a department from scratch. And then, of course, over the years, when you work with fantastic agencies, you get to wear multiple hats. And some of the hats I've worn have been adopting, search, paid social, you name it. So there are different skill sets that you get to acquire along the way that is a benefit, right, on a resume. But my, my expertise is definitely programmatic media trading and buying. So in the last three years and a half, I went ahead and started my consulting business where we offer training and workshop. So what I mean by that is that you're probably listening to this. You might be an agency. You fit into two categories. You either have a handful of uh, traders that are coming up to speed, different level, and you really want to be efficient. Then you hire somebody like me, we spend a day together, like bootcamp style, and we assess different topics like optimization or how to upsell, how to create a media plan efficiently, things like that, just to plug in on the efficiency for you and your client that you're servicing. And the second category is like, I just hired this employee from scratch. I really just don't have the time to <laughs> bring them up to speed. You hire me and then I bring them up to speed on your behalf. Again, one day, a couple of workshop type of style. And then we go through things like the fundamentals to how to meet, what our media placement, what's the difference between guaranteed versus non-guaranteed. And so, so that's where my, my heart is now, you know? Fantastic. Well, you know what, when, when I think of passion in the programmatic space, it's Shiv from U of Digital and you. And so it's awesome that, you know, in, in, in our, in our bonus episode, we, we had Shiv and Shiv's been working with Stack It Up quite a bit this year. Um, so it's, it's awesome to have you on the episode and, and pick your brain a little bit about, you know, how agencies can move into that next gen, move into that next year and really succeed. 
So what we'll do for the episode, we've got four main questions. I'm sure we'll have a few other questions that that are offshoots of this. But to start out, what I what I'd like to know from you is uh, the role of the agency. You know, how is this changing and what should an industry vet or even a beginner in their career know about what the agency looks like today compared to what it was even five years ago? Well, like five years ago, an agency was a one stop shop right? Like agencies offered full services, programmatic search, creative, PR, you name it. I think in the last couple of years, we've seen more agencies really niche down onto, you know, one or two services and then partner. So if you had to ask me where the agency world is going, I would suggest that. I think it's important for us as clients or as partners of agencies or agencies partners ourselves to understand that, this market is, is shifting dangerously and we need to be adaptable. And what I mean by that is that agency needs to understand that partnering um, outside of that agency is really important for their own success. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what is she talking about? I'm full service agencies. That simply means that there's going to be a point where you're going to blow up in business, right? I'm, cl- I'm going to throw this in the universe for you. Claim it right now. Say amen or whatever you want to say. Um, but let's say you're, you have a, a business development, a big project that came in and now you need staff. Normal agency will go out and hire right away. The reality is that there's a, we're not missing of talent. We're just not as strategic hiring that talent. So if you're in this position where you need to hire somebody, then this, this is the time to level up your partnership as an agency. So stack it up, for instance. Partnership with Stack It Up. If you're doing self-service, maybe you should add a, you know, managed service to help you stay afloat with your your team. Or consider staff augmentation. There are a lot of great staff augmentation um, agencies out there. So here's two things to remember. You got to be adaptable, and that oh, that means simply you may have to step out and partner with another agency, or partner with uh, something like a staff augmentation. And just so we're clear, because I know we understand terms differently, staff augmentation is basically an agency that allows you to tap into their strategists, tap into their traders, account management, to really help you bring an expert right away. And it's short-term commitment usually. And if it's long-term commitment, then great, right? Great for that, uh, that person. But it can help fill in the blanks faster and more efficiently. So... It's time. It's time to normalize this. <laughs> it's time to, as an agency, to normalize. I know we like the words white labeling, but it's time to normalize the transparency that we have this big business. We had to partner up with a digital X media, a we are Rosie, a SMB consulting, a I don't know, uh, a work reduce. You know, all of those are great options for staff augmentation. So I would say that's where that's where the agency world is now. Um, normalizing and really reaching out to those external partners that are going to help us just look better in front of the agency. Because now, instead of turning things in two weeks, you can do it in five days or three days. And then also, um, you're not overloading your poor employees with additional tasks. You know, they're overworked, underappreciated. Now you get to really empower them to lead in a team and maybe get uh, involved in that partnership, right? So that's how you want to look at where the agency world is. I am all for partnership. I think partnership is like a hidden secret in our industry. 
um, that's how we like, it's like a hidden uh, success, right? Um, so if you're listening to this and you're trying to get into the industry, I would say definitely be aware of what's happening in the agency world. But I will also say, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take risk. Don't be afraid to work for an agency. Working for an agency is a great way to acquire that skill set, that knowledge like, like this, right? Because <laughs> you get to wear those multiple hats. You get to get your feet wet in different different piles of water or puddles of water, I, would say, I should say. Um, so it's, it's a pretty, it's definitely an exciting time for agencies. I will say this and we hopefully we won't get any death threats from this but <laughs> um if agencies are not flexible and adaptable uh from what i was referring to i don't think agencies are going to be around for a very long time so i think it's a dangerous statement but i'm gonna own it okay because when i talk to brand in-house their biggest thing is that you know their agency is not transparent enough you know, there's a trust issue, there's a this and that, you know, it's kind of shady in the back end. So as an agency owner, as an agency team, you want to make sure that that transparency and trust is there 1000%. That is making sure that you understand what's missing and fill in the blanks from what's missing. And staff augmentation might be one, um, training might be one, um, increasing your, your partnership with Stack it up or another DSP might be one. So that's that's what I would say. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned those in-house teams and we do have a question later on about that a little bit more. But um, for now, I want to dive a little bit deeper into uh, more of what you do. And when we were talking in our kickoff call a, a week or so ago leading up to this episode, um, we talked about kind of that roadmap or framework that you provide that would help an agency achieve success. I think it was the three P's for an agency. And we'd love to, to hear a little bit more about that and, and how you normally break that down when building out a successful team. Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, I, I play on, on words there, the three P's of programmatic, right? So, um, so every client that we work with, whether it's an agency or a brand in-house, or a tech, I've had a handful of like SSBs at tech reach out to me. We teach uh, our framework. So it's it's a programmatic, programmatic activation framework. And it focuses on the three Ps, which is the, the platform, the process, and the people. And so I'll go on into each really quick and tell you what exactly we teach and why it's important. Um, the biggest thing about this workshop, for instance, is that at the end of the workshop, the teams are much more efficient. They understand one, how to handle the platform or how to maximize that DSP partnership. Two, they understand that there are lacking of automating, like internal automation or internal workflow efficiency that could be fixed with like a process, like a new process, like a media map or something. And then the people is like literally <laughs> the most important because we keep the last, uh, the best for the last. The people section is literally just understanding like, how do you first hire that perfect, that programmatic ninja? How do you onboard them successfully? And how do you retain them? And so those three Ps are, you know, and it's like a, a couple hours type of workshop. And we go over this framework with all of our clients because we don't only go over like fundamentals or optimization, optimization best practices. Those are definitely a plus. But after going through that, that framework or after going through that programmatic activation session, 
they're able to really put everything they've been doing into like into a perspective. So it's painting the picture as an owner of an agency, as a department, uh, the, a department head, you're really able to understand like, oh, well, I know that we have processes down. Um, we have maybe people's down, like most of our traders stays for two or three years, which I don't know any, any company maybe that has that long of a trader, but now we have to focus on the first P, which is platform. Where are we lacking? Again, there's a lot of things you want to understand. You want to maximize your platform. So you might be thinking right now, saying, okay, three Ps, pretty cool, whatever. Um, I think I got it. But let me go through maybe a couple key points, like a couple takeaways with each of those three Ps for you. So let's address the platform one. I think the biggest misunderstand, the biggest, the number one question when it comes to the platform is how many DSPs should I use? <laughs> I don't know if you get that, Matt, on your end, or maybe not, right? You can start a campaign the same way, which is entering your advertiser campaign budget flight and then your tactics in all DSPs, no matter what. What I would say is that the biggest difference is what exactly is non-negotiable for your team. So for instance, if user interface friendliness is the most important for you, and definitely stack it up, right? Definitely the trade desk. I don't know. Definitely, um, I don't know, basis, right? Um, if if creative upload is one of the many things you need to have in bulk, then maybe you might not want to consider other DSPs, right, that I mentioned, because the other DSPs take, take a while, like maybe a DV360. If you want to consider omnichannel reporting and you're already running SA360, then definitely DV360. So look at the three or five things are non-negotiable. Inventory, transparency in, in measurement and reporting, okay? Because transparency is non-negotiable. If a vendor is not able to give you what you need, you shouldn't run. Don't, don't work with them. I don't care. <laughs> um, so what did I say? Inventory, measurement, transparency, tracking, targeting capabilities, creative upload is, I think it's one of them that you should consider because it can take a lot of time. It can lead to a lot of human error, UI friendliness, and then I'll end with uh, resources from the DSP. If you're, if it's hard to get in touch with your DSP support team, I think that's something that should help you make a decision because Matt and his team at Stack Adapt know Stack Adapt the best, period. If you're walking through the DSP, like say Stack It Up, and you have a question or you're really stuck in terms of performance, they're the first person, they're the first people you need to reach out to because they know their technology the best, period. So having that support team is really important. So just in recap, when you're looking at your DSP, if you're thinking about how many DSP to get, just think about those things. You know, Go back to those that I just mentioned. Make sure that the top three are, are checked from your DSP. And if that's the case, then cool. If that's not the case, then if you need to niche in, then maybe you should consider another DSP, like Simplify, start aid with mobile and geofencing and addressable, right? Um, so, and I'm just throwing DSPs out there. Those as are as example, they're not sponsoring me at all. I'm very, very agnostic when it comes to the DSP because I want to, I want to prioritize your need versus the technology's offering because they have a lot to offer for you. So that's the beauty, right? That's the beauty for working in our industry. And so we'll move on to the, the process part, which is the non-sexy <laughs> conversation, literally. Process is like, well, we, oh, we have to go through this. Like, process can, can be like this. 
in order to understand if you have efficient processes, you need to understand your, your internal workflow. But not you only as a manager, your whole team, brother, your whole team, sis. You need to make sure that everybody on your team understand who is the creative designer, who is the reporting uh, analyst, who is the programmatic ninja, okay, who is the account executive, and things like that. And some companies are really great. Some agencies are really great with kickoff calls, internal kickoff calls to go over those details. That's great. But how do you standardize the process? So do you have one document where you hold all the magic? I like to bring up the media map. Do you have a media map that maps out everything you need to know to activate this media, uh, to launch the campaign, to whatever you need to do? And also, the, any, does anyone on the team understand their role or is confused about their role? So that's where a process needs to be implemented. And the same process has to be implemented everywhere. So that's why I call it like the non-sexy part, because it's just like it tends to be boring because it's repetitive. But trust me. Six months from now, you're going to go back into that media map. You're going to go back into that internal workflow, review your notes and see, oh, this is why we did that. Three years from now, when you're pitching the client again or upselling them, you're going to understand, oh, that's what we did. So that's why those process needs to be standardized. And once you standardize the process, there's always a way to automate something. So that's just an exercise we go through with the, the clients to help them understand like, oh, actually, you spend a lot of time in emails. How about you invest or maybe you should consider a project management tool where everyone on the team get to see that comment, okay, because this pertains to that one client, let's say, and you don't have to repeat yourself with email and then be harassed <laughs> in your Slack and then be called and texted on your cell phone. So that's what processes are about. Ellen, I'm interested to know in, you know, the first half we talked about those three Ps, the framework for programmatic and the framework for agencies. Let's zoom in a little bit on people, because as we mentioned in the first half, that's the foundation. That's that's what you need to run the effective agency and the platform and the processes don't happen without it. So I'd love to dive a little bit deeper on that and any additional thoughts that that you have. And of course, people, I mean, people is pretty straightforward is how do you hire? What are the soft skill set you need to to look for when you hire a programmatic ninja? Um, because technical skill set can always be taught, but some of those soft skill set don't always come very naturally. And then the onboarding part is, again, going back to some of those processes. What can you standardize? Because employees, like agents, companies with poor onboarding processes are 74% more likely to um, lose their employees, right? And this is from a Lorman stats, uh, a study I pulled from Lorman. So, so it's, it's great. 74% of your employees are not going to last more than a year and a half because they're still confused about onboarding or they had such a bad experience. Um, so it starts with that. Like in order for you to service your client correctly, you need to make sure your people who are also servicing your client are taken care of. Fantastic. Now we're just about at time with the episode, but I wanted to ask in terms of the agency, you know, at the beginning of the episode, we talked about the past and how things have changed moving up to the present. What does the future look like? I've been asking guests recently, you know, think 15 months in the future, that would put us at the end of 2023. What does that agency look like? And how can that agency set itself up for success in the future? I love that question. I would definitely say partner. I would definitely say go ahead and 
be flexible in your offerings and your services. So my one minute thing about, about this topic would be be adaptable, make sure you have partnerships set in stone, set in place, consider staff augmentation, encourage your team to grow and to go learn and to do trainings, you know, hire me to help you do your training. Because in the future, if the if agencies are not adaptable, if agencies are not able to provide transparency, trust, and efficiency for their clients, I don't think I don't think we're going to see a lot more agencies. So, I think the future is definitely like the agency is going to become very niched into a couple of services that they're going to become expert at, and they're going to stop partnering with other experts in other niches and build partnership like that to service one client. So. Be adaptable. It's a lot going on, but it's always going to be a lot going on. This is programmatic. But understand that uh, things are shifting. Employees are shifting. Our media is shift- shifting. You know, client, like the consumer is shifting. So you got to shift with them and you got to be maybe two, three steps ahead. And by being three, two, three steps ahead is really, like I said, partnering up with others and, and really investing in education. Like you guys do. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this puts us right about at the end. But uh, before we we started recording, I I had mentioned, you know, think of a resource that you would recommend to anybody who's listening to this. It could be your own newsletter that you put out, which is really great and very informative or any other websites, blogs, podcasts, anything that can help programmatic advertisers stay on top of what's latest and what's trending. Oh my gosh, I love this question. So yeah, I do have a newsletter and you can sign up on LinkedIn or on my website, Helen. It's actually helenparker.com. Okay, y'all, but don't call me Helene in the streets. Just call me Helen. Um, but I would say I also have a podcast called Programmatic Digest Podcast and we just cover that. We cover like industry trends and we discuss like what's the latest thing you need to learn about. And I have a course. So if you're listening to this and let's say, you want to learn more about programmatic activation, it's available on my course. You can learn on your own or you can hire me to, to you know, teach it to your people efficiently. I would say external uh, resources I love. I love Added Exchanger. I love Digiday. I definitely love U of Digital's newsletter. Y'all, you need to tap into that because Shift does a great job in recapping the top, I think, five trends that you need to know in a week. And really demystifying what it means and adding his professional opinion to it. So definitely look into you, uh, you of digital's newsletter. Uh, I think my podcast is podcast is a great resource for um, people that learn audibly. And, and of course I have a newsletter for that and, you know, tap into stack it up resources. They do all of this to make sure you're empowered. Um, So, you know, use some of this work. maximize this partnership they're doing this because they want to make sure you have options out there and you know what's up um so definitely maximize your partnership by tapping to their resources their newsletter listening to those type of podcasts but you have to do one of them you have to continue educating yourself and that goes by reading articles talking about it listening to podcasts or like attending webinars or things like that Um, but you gotta you gotta do one of those things very often and consistently Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. This has been an awesome episode. For any of our listeners who are in this spot in their careers looking to move into programmatic or looking to build that next gen agency team, we hope that you took a lot away from this episode. But until then, 
We'll see you in the next episode. And this has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with StackAdapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.